needs. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Interesting markets once again. Did we finally get some relief in the grains? Finally, of course, we're not going to forget about what's happening outside markets and its influence. Add to it the weather and the rain, but did the spigot get shut off or will it be soon? We're going to take a look at that and some outside market influence factors from a global perspective on today's program. As joining us is Todd Holtman with DTN. So I love that statement that you said, bullish relief happening in the grains finally. Kind of give me your thoughts on what you're seeing in the trade. Yeah, thank you for having me again, Susan. Well, for the past seven weeks in wheat and for the past two to three weeks in corn and soybeans, we've really seen our crop prices get hit significantly from outside market concerns. And it was largely speculative selling uh, based on fears of higher interest rates and talk of recession, which now seems to be dominating uh, the business news channels. Uh, now, yes, grain prices can be affected somewhat by a slowdown in the economy, but the the, the level of harsh selling that we've seen the past uh, few weeks has really been uh, unfair and overdone. And we still have a new crop season in front of us. We still have a lot of questions about uh, how these crops are going to turn out. And we have some new forecasts to make us uh, quite concerned. So, uh, it's it's time that this market gets back to thinking more about the fundamentals and the supply situation that we'll be in uh, later this year. And I think today and yesterday was just the start of that. What was the key turnaround that allowed us to come back to where we're at? Well, number one, I think the speculative selling uh, probably exhausted itself to a certain degree. And we, and we broke significant support levels on corn, beans, and wheat. So uh, as far as chart-based selling, it kind of exhausted that story. On the other hand, at the same time, we have just a little, little bit of rain left in the forecast here on Friday. We're seeing some rain falling in the eastern Corn Belt. But after this rain today, it's largely dry across most of the Corn Belt and spring wheat areas for the next two weeks. And at DTN, we're concerned that that hot and dry uh, forecast is going to stretch even farther. We've had a long-term forecast. Uh, on the table for a long time, uh, basically hot and dry weather through the months of uh, August and September as well. Look a little bit more at that because, you know, we've had some nice beneficial rains and they have been, you know, an inch here, half an inch there. So they've been pretty timely up to this point, but now we're headed into some key pollination and, and more blooming stages. Yes, you're right. And as I drive around the, uh, my area in eastern Nebraska, the corn crops are looking very good, I have to say. So I, I think we're off to a good start here, uh, no doubt. And really, across the Corn Belt, we had very good soil moisture conditions, some places too wet. Uh, but uh, overall, we had a very good start to the season. But uh, we hit a bit of a, dr- a dry June. And then, as you say, we had some timely uh, rains, but it looks like uh, those rains may be uh, finally kind of uh, tapering off here. And uh, we're getting closer to corn being in pollination stage. And then, of course, in August, we'll be concerned about soybean setting pods. And the forecast for both those time periods are looking increasingly dry. You continue to have conversations with, with your weather folks there at DTN. What are they saying when it comes to temperatures? Or is it just going to be more on the dry side? No, uh, we're looking at above normal temperatures really across much of the central U.S., and that's going to include the northwestern plains where the spring wheat crop uh, is as well. 
Um, so uh, we, we have about a, another week here of moderate temperatures for the Corn Belt. But then uh, the following weekend, so in about eight or nine days, is when uh, we should see those uh, temperatures start to start to rise. And obviously, that's not going to help a dry situation. What makes you nervous about this talk? And will the markets even pay attention to it at this point? But the markets will definitely pay attention to weather. That is the one thing that uh, can shake the markets out of their kind of uh, crazy funk of uh, all the speculative worries and all that. We've We've seen weather markets uh, add a bit of rationality to markets before, and, and, and so I have no uh, hesitancy about uh, uh, thinking that uh, traders will somehow ignore uh, obvious weather threats. Because when it comes down to it, there is still a supply-demand function in the market. Sometimes uh, we just get so carried away with our fears that we lose sight of that. Looking at... Uh Obviously, we saw folks in the South, and when I say South, I mean South America kind of went through this same trend as well with some hot and dry weather. Does that put some even stronger pressure globally on these markets? Uh, in the case of soybeans, yes, it does, because we did see crop uh, reductions for both Brazil and Argentina in their soybean crops. The funny thing about that, uh, Susan, to me has been that central Brazil was largely dry most of the season for their corn crop. Yet they're coming out with a fairly good harvest. And, and I say good harvest by South American standards. You know, they're looking for about an average of 85 bushels an acre. So it's not like uh, how we have here in Nebraska or Iowa by any means. But they're, they are looking for a record harvest uh, in, in spite of the fact that they had a, at least a good six weeks of dry weather. What did you see in the, the weekly export sales report? Anything that was, was of surprise? Uh, frankly, it was very discouraging. Um, as you probably heard, we had net cancellations in corn and soybeans. Uh, the cancellations were small. In the case of corn, we already um, uh, are, are a little bit short on the export sales side uh, for corn, and that's the one thing uh, making us a little hesitant on the corn export estimate. In the case of soybeans, the sales on the books aren't really the problem. That's already over... Uh, USDA's estimate already. It's the soybean shipments we're concerned about, and that fell short again this week. So uh, there, there's a possibility that we could be roughly 100 million bushels short on our soybean shipments in the current season. All right, we'll stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up. As we continue here on the second half on this Friday with the Fontenelle Final Bell, we'll come back, take a look at the fears of outside markets. Hasn't gone away. Some interesting things developing, you know, just in the last 24 hours. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Building relationships to help you succeed is our goal at Fontenelle Hybrids. Here's Verniel Moritz, a Fontenelle dealer near Windside, Nebraska. When you sit with a customer and figure out what hybrids are going to work the best on their farm, and, and then in the harvest time when they come through and perform very, very well, it's, it makes you feel good that you place their products in the right place. For more, contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label. 322. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Todd Holtman. Todd, of course, with DTN. And we've got a report coming out on Tuesday. So looking at this WASD, what are you looking at number-wise? And, and obviously, a lot of proof will be in the pudding once the numbers are released. But he leading into it? 
Yes. You know, I think most of the changes that come from this WASD report uh, in particular are really kind of kind of be uh, uh, coming out of the June 30th planning report estimates that we just had. So we're going to see uh, uh, basically the same corn production estimate, 14.5 billion bushels, we think. The soybean production estimate ought to come down because we're looking at a lower planting number of 88.3 million acres. Overall, the ending stocks uh, shouldn't change much, but uh, as I mentioned, export shipments have been uh, lower than expected. There is a possibility of ending stocks for old crop beans to go up slightly. On the wheat side, I don't think we'll have any big surprises in the U.S., but there will be interest in some of the overseas crop estimates. And notably, the big producers, Russia, has room to uh, have a crop estimate uh, increased on Tuesday. And in Europe, they've had uh, some hot and dry weather situation in Western Europe. And uh, there's a possibility that that crop estimate could come down a little bit. Uh, We'll see what USDA says on Tuesday. Well, since we're talking about Russia, let's kind of take a look at the, the fears of outside markets. They really haven't gone away as no. we continue to see more things just in the last 24 hours we've seen a variety of different things happen globally which will have an effect in one way shape or form on agriculture yes and uh, in line with that susan i think one of the takeaways that we're going to uh, learn from this week is that crude oil supplies and diesel supplies are still quite tight it's uh, largely related to the pandemic overhang uh, of of uh, losing oil production there and also the war in Ukraine and the the Western response to trying to ban Russian oil. So that oil situation continues to be a very tight supply situation. That'll keep uh, leverage on the inflation concerns and and probably leverage on higher interest rate outlook moving forward. So I don't think we're going to escape our outside market concerns anytime soon. You know, we talk about the fact that I think Russia and Ukraine has been on the quieter side as of late. But then you see social media photos and and fields that are burning. Uh, And then hearing that Ukraine's doing some pullback when it comes to export opportunities. That's got to make the market a little nervous. Uh, I think it does. And that might have been part of today's rally as well. You know, after six weeks of really harsh selling, there's not much fundamentally I can point to to explain why wheat prices came down so sharply other than the outside market fears that we talked about uh and the the reason i bring that up is because i think we've really uh, the traders have lost sight of the ukraine situation i think they've, they've kind of ignored it now to their own peril and that's one reason i think prices have overdone it on the downside the the situation in ukraine is not getting any better as you say, those photos, uh, if they're real, you know, we never know on Twitter, but mm-hmm. if those photos are correct, uh, that wheat fields in Ukraine are burning because basically Russian soldiers are setting them on fire. Uh, that's certainly believable. Uh, and it's not thing we've seen uh, Russian soldiers doing in this uh, whole assault. But uh, Russia continues progress uh, in the war in eastern Ukraine. It's been estimated that roughly half of Ukraine's wheat production is either already occupied by Russian forces or dangerously close to the fighting. So they're in a very tough situation. We also heard word on Twitter today that uh, Ukraine's government has stopped issuing export licenses for wheat. So if if that's correct, 
it's a sign that they're concerned about their own domestic supplies. And that's certainly a concern for all of us in the world. It's amazing, Todd, how geopolitical, whether it's agriculture or not, has really kind of taken a toll. You, you couldn't be more right, Susan. There are so many tentacles and our ag markets are just one little part of it wrapped up in a, in a big wall, ball of uh, complicated uh, situations going on right now. We just can't ignore any of the pieces of the puzzle. They're, they're all very important and tied together. Well, as we get ready to wrap up, we can say we're halfway through this growing year and this marketing year. What are you looking at for the last half of the year? Something we really need to be focusing on. Well, I I think probably no surprise to anybody out there. I'm going to say weather, weather, and weather. (laughs) Uh, This is really the time of year when weather takes the forefront. Uh, Our crops obviously need good moisture. And uh, we had a really good start uh, of moisture earlier in the year, but uh, I don't think uh, all the parts of the Corn Belt are going to do as as well uh, as as the other parts. So in the Western Corn Belt especially, I think we're very concerned that we tend to be on the drier end of things and uh, are really going to feel the brunt of uh, this hot and dry forecast. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Todd? Uh, probably the, the best, most reliable, always my email, todd.holtman at dtn.com. I'll be glad to uh, talk to you there. All right, that's been today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.